Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Dana Stabenow, author of the novel Spoils of the Dead. Dana, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here, Jeff. Thank you. Great. If someone hasn't heard about your new novel, Spoils of the Dead, yet, how would you describe the novel? It's a reset of a series that I actually stopped writing 16 years ago. And it's the same characters, but they have moved from one part of Alaska to another, As and one of them is in Alaska State Trooper, and they do move from post to post. So that is what has happened in their life, and the State Trooper in question, Liam Campbell, is having to get used to a new geographical location and the people who live there. And so what made you decide to come back to the Liam Campbell series after you said it was, I think, 16 years? The Dana Maniacs annoyingly kept pestering me for a new Liam. And so do you remember the original impetus or idea that led you to write Spoils of the I read a small book on an archaeological dig in on the Kenai Peninsula, which is where I live, with some artifacts. And I wondered, there's this constant tug in Alaska between resource extraction and not resource extraction. You can start an argument on any street corner in Alaska just by raising the topic. Um, there are people who want to pull stuff out of the ground and want, people who want to not, don't want to. And it seemed to me that it's been my observation anyway that people who don't want to pull stuff out of the ground or out of the water will use, seize on any, excuse is probably the wrong word, but any, anything that they can use to lever the, either the slowdown or the stop completely of resource extraction. So I wondered if an archae- how badly an archae- the finding of an archaeological dig in an area that was currently being or attempting to be exploited would screw, gum up the works. So there you are. <laughs> Long explanation. Sure. And so where do you fall on that question, or would you rather not talk about it? <laughs> no, I am not on a street corner in Alaska. You probably won't beat up on me about it. I think Alaska has to pay its bills. And I was raised on a fish tender in the Gulf of Alaska and in Lower Cook Inlet. And I worked for six years for British Petroleum on the North Slope. So I don't really have a problem with resource extraction. What I have a problem with is irresponsible resource extraction. And it seems to me that there's more of that going on than there should. So I'm curious, what is your writing process when you're working on a new novel? Do you outline extensively or are you more of an organic writer to see where the story goes? I'm somewhere between the two. I used to have to write an outline for on contract. I, it would be part of my contract. I would have to write an outline because I would get then I'd get part of the advance. So I got in the habit of writing outlines, but I don't outline extensively. I'm not like Jeffrey Deaver. I don't write 70, 80 page outlines. I mean, I'm <laughs> in awe of that guy. I wish, I only wish I could do that. What I generally do is write a paragraph per chapter. It could be 10 or 20 chapters and just a paragraph that more or less accounts for the action. The thing is, you have to leave room for your characters to take off on their own and to have actions on their own. And usually about one third to two thirds of the way of the book, they do. And so then the narrative will veer off in one direction or another following these characters and the way they live their lives and do their job. You've written mystery novels in the Liam Campbell series, as well as the Kate Shugak series and standalone thrillers and short stories. What keeps you excited and coming back to the keyboard each morning? I always start with a setting. 
I, I setting is the single most important thing to me. And in fact, in the Liam Campbell novels and in the Kate Chubak novels, Alaska is every much, every bit as much a character as the actual human characters are. In the two thrillers that I wrote that were set on Coast Guard ships, the setting was the Coast Guard cutter. Right now I'm writing a new series that's set in Alexandria in the time of Cleopatra and the, the city of Alexandria is very much a character. It seems to me that you can't begin a story until you figure out where it's going to be set. Then you can figure out who lives there and after that what the people who live there are, get up to. Are there ever days where you sit down to write and it's tough to get going? Oh God, yeah. Like, <laughs> so what do you, what do you do on those days? Has any have you ever asked that question of an author and they said no? Yeah, <laughs> and last year in particular with COVID it was just I've said this sure. before. It felt like I was extruding the words very painfully one at a time, and I was actually two months late with Spoils of the Dead. My publisher was not happy with me, and I don't blame him because I'm not normally late with books, but I sure was last year. And if the only thing I can compare it to is what it felt like to try to write entertainment, to create entertainment, because I re regard myself as primarily an entertainer. The only similar, the only thing similar to it is after 9-11. And sure. a lot of writers will say they all had that same experience that year. Well, well, on those days, what do you do to get started? Are there any tips or tricks that you've learned? You extrude. You, <laughs> I tell, I, you know, I'm, all published authors are asked by aspiring authors, what do you do? How do you do it? And you just, you have to write every day. I don't care if it's only one sentence a day, because that's, it'll be one sentence more than you had the day before. And by the end of the month, maybe you'll have a chapter. So you, it's, there's no magic button. There's no secret password or a handshake. You just, it's applying the butt to the chair and the hands to the keyboard and just powering through. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. You just have to keep on. That's not a very imaginative or inspiring, probably, explanation, but that's what I do. Sure. What other writing advice would you offer for those who are writing their own stories and novels? It's mostly write every day. That is, that's the main thing that I tell people. And also, I guess the other side of that is read as much as you can. And I don't mean just read only the genre in which you are writing everything. Read books about your setting. Read books that don't have anything to do with what you're writing about. Of course, read a lot in your genre, but read a lot in all genres. And one other thing that I tell people to read, and I'm almost universally rejected this advice, is almost nobody everybody ignores it as i tell people to read poetry because poets have to do sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. A lot in a very small space and just trying to figure out how they boil images down to create this, you know, enormous amount of meaning in such a small space is, it's a class in writing, I think. 
So when you came back to the Liam Campbell series after 16 years, what did you do to work on Spoils of the Dead? Did you reread your original novels to reacquaint yourself with the character? I skimmed them. I, I won't say that I read every page all the sure. way down, but I, I paged through every single page. And these are my working copies, <laughs> the ones that I have <laughs> in my office, and they're all highlighted and you know underlined and annotated and dog-eared. And so I made sure that I never missed a dog-eared page and just to work myself back into those characters. But the other thing that I had also done was I had the Liam Campbell character show up in a Kate Chugach novel and ask for help. So Kate went down to Newenham, the town that Liam was living in then, and worked a case for him that he couldn't work himself. So that was also revisiting the area. And that was probably also inspirational in um, writing another Liam Campbell novel. Great. I'm curious, what can you remember what it was like when you got your first novel published. And I'm just wondering about your writing journey leading up to writing and submitting your first novel. Well, at the beginning, I was trying to sell, I had written the Great Amer- Great Alaskan novel. <laughs> you know, I think we've all got one of those under the bed. So I, and I was trying to sell it and it kept coming back from New York, like a little homing pigeon. And I, so then I was writing science fiction and the, I was, that, the inspiration for that came from the Challenger disaster. I just was so angry. I followed the hearings afterwards as to why that happened. And I was so angry and infuriated that I just wanted to write a story about a space program that worked. And so I was doing a massive amount of research because I have no background in the hard sciences at all and um, working on that. And then I, when I sent off the first, I sent off second star, I sent off second star and the editor called me, what was it? The January of that year, I think the editor called me the January of that year and said, yeah, we want to buy this novel. And I didn't believe her. <laughs> so she had to convince me <laughs> because it, it just seemed like it had just it had it just it seemed it every writer's journey seems interminable until they're published you know exactly. until they have a book that is spelled their name is spelled correctly on the cover of and mine was no different and and so what led you from there to from writing a science fiction series to writing the the Kate Shugat? Remember I told you that I was doing a lot of research in the hard sciences to write the science fiction. Mm-hmm. And I got I I needed a break between writing the second and the third novels. I'd had the third I had three novels that I knew that I wanted to write about the same characters set in different places in the solar system. And so in between the second and the third I needed a break and I thought I'm going to read some crime fiction. So I just started checking everything out of the library that everything I was reading, P.D. James and Ellis Peters and just everything you could possibly imagine. And I don't know, somewhere in the middle of that, I thought to myself, I wonder if I could write one of these. So I sat down and I wrote A Cold Day for Murder, which at that time was called imaginatively mystery. (laughs) 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 After, and then I just put it away. I didn't even try to sell it. And after I sold my first uh, science fiction novel, my editor said, what else have you got? And you don't want to say nothing when an editor asked you that question. So I scrambled around and found this file named mystery and said, how about this? And so I cleaned it up and sent it off. And that was the first Kate Chugach novel, A Cold Day for Murder. 
That's great. Are you working on another novel now? Yes, I am. I'm writing The Disappearance of a Scribe, which is the second novel in the Eye of Isis series, which is the one that's set in Alexandria in the time of Cleopatra. And how is that writing a historical novel compared to writing your other series? Massive amounts of research. The one book that I keep going back to is Cleopatra's, the biography of Cleopatra by Stacey Schiff. I also have, every time I go into any kind of a bookstore, I immediately gravitate toward the classic section just to see if there's something I've missed. To I really like to go, well, pre-COVID I did, really love to go to uh, Portland and Powell's and the big shelf. And so I just go back there and spend, look through every single book on the shelf. So basically, I'm back to where I was when I was writing science fiction, which means I've always got my nose stuck in a book, a non a nonfiction book, reading about that time. And <laughs> you mentioned earlier about reading. I'm curious, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? I can't say, I, I don't know that I can really say that I enjoyed it. But I just read a massive, over 1,000 page, I think, biography of Winston Churchill, and by Andrew, I think his last name is Roberts. And I'd never read anything about Churchill before. And I knew about him. And who doesn't? If you speak English, you can't. Sure. Impossible for you not to know who the guy was. But I wanted to wait. And there are volumes written about this guy. I, I, I think that there's more written about this guy than there is about any other single human being, even Cleopatra, who it seems <laughs> like people drop a biographer free of her every five minutes. And so I, it took me literally four months to work my way last year through the Churchill biography. And I'm glad that I did. I think he was probably the smartest man who ever lived. No lie. Plenty to say bad about him, but you cannot ignore the effect that he had on life as we know it on this planet. And he sure said a lot of smart things about topics that would be familiar to people today. <laughs> <laughs> So where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? Stabno.com slash about. <laughs> or just, <laughs> just Stabno.com. And I also have a very large following on Facebook, and that's Dana Stabano author. Great. Again, we've been speaking with Dana Stabano, author of the new novel, Spoils of the Dead. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Dana, thanks for doing this interview. Jeff, thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed talking to you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.